0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Okay, excuse me, I'm playing uh, Be Still Thy Soul. I'm caught in a bit of a dilemma today because up until now, I have been using my telephone to moderate this program, and today I am not. So if you can hear this but cannot hear me when I'm speaking otherwise, if you could please chat me, send me a message. Uh, Here on Blog Talk Radio and I will end the program. Otherwise, this will be an experiment and we'll check at the end. Be still thy soul. I'm going to put it back on so it's a stronger voice here after I remind you that on a mountain, in a valley, you behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side in ease and well-being i behold only god like a candle i melted amidst the sparks of the flame i behold only god rabia the mystic that song i love starting this program with that song i feel so very fortunate to have come across it so long ago um, i was still living in sacramento so this was back in 2006 maybe maybe 2005 when there was a firing of the grid where everyone woke up at the same time all the way around the world and we're all familiar with these prayer circles so to speak and there was music that accompanied that that resonated within one soul and one of them was be still my soul and the other one is i have it here also sky sent they're both by a nile i may be saying the name wrong and i apologize if i am but they are beautiful beautiful songs that are playing to chords that universally are recognized by man, universally. Nothing to do with skin color, nothing to do with religious beliefs, nothing to do with the color of one's eyes, where one goes to school, how much money one makes, where one lives, but instead to our internal spirit. And that all as a Be still, thy soul says, all we need is within us. And it invites each of us to be a source of light. That night at four o'clock, or morning, I guess, at four o'clock in the morning, so many years ago, my young grandson was living with me. And we got up and we went in and we prayed with the world. We called it meditation, but it doesn't matter what you call your quiet time. United ourselves with the world, seeking to fire the grid of love that is within each of us around the world. It was one of the most beautiful experiences in my mind I've ever shared with my grandson. I don't know that he remembers it, but I do. I do. And I see in him a gentle, kind person. He doesn't generally say mean-spirited things, things off the cuff, because I like to believe that he has recognized the light within him. And he has recognized that each one of us has the power to show that love is possible. But sometimes it requires us standing up for our principles. Sometimes it requires us gently nudging each other to be our best. And when we are not our best, which is almost a foregone conclusion, we will not be at times. Because we are human beings living in human bodies. But when we are not our best, being introspective enough to recognize that and raise our shoulders, maybe lower our shoulders and straighten our spines and accept responsibility for who we are and what we do. the choices we make, bad and good, and starting over to be our best self. That's a huge, huge endeavor, but it's possible if we do it one person at a time. And why? Because we only have control of ourselves. We do not have control over anyone else, maybe little babies. But even little babies at some point start pushing off on their own. I may use the word baby longer than you use the word baby. To me, an 18-year-old is a baby. They're pushing away, kind of like the United States did when it didn't like taxation without representation. In those days, taxation was money flowing to the extraordinarily wealthy and not staying with the people. That was a long time ago, right? A little familiar lately? One thing we can say with absolute certainty. Is that we have been trained and ingrained to believe that each of us has things within us that make it better than us better than others? Whether it's our intellect. Think about it. Do you find yourself looking down on your friends and questioning where could that come from? Or do you lead with compassion, trying to talk about a more loving version of exactly the same events? I'm sorry, we have a watchdog here today and every Sunday. And uh, I'm going to excuse myself and get her. Because let's quiet down. No, don't go searching. Don't go searching. Let's be quiet, Quiet. Is it because of a house you live in? I one time dated a boy in high school whose parents let him date me twice. And then the second time when they realized where I lived he could not date me anymore. Because nothing good came from where I lived. And he told me that was honest. What's not honest is these days, I have a picture of us when we were very young at a dance. And these days, he doesn't know me because we believe differently politically. But he was honest with me. Did it make me feel less than? Absolutely, it made me feel less than. But it was the truth about what he felt. I don't know these days if he's as honest with himself about his beliefs. But my friends, if we are not honest with ourselves, who are we going to be honest with? Who is going to tell us? Who is going to challenge us? Was going to say, are you loving your enemy? How are you acting toward us? Is the light within you shining? That's a question we all need to ask. When you see a black person walking down the street, if you're female, do you clutch your purse and walk closer to the wall or to the building? Or do you hold your head high? and walk on do we feel threatened or do we feel love threatened is fear most decisions we make from fear are not our best decisions are not our most loving decisions we all have prejudices We all think that we are better than some people, and most people think that they are less than others. The reality is we are all God's children. We are all, all deserve justice. We all deserve humane treatment. We all deserve to be treated with love by one another. That is contrary to human nature and has been contrary to human nature from the beginning. There are going to be those who seek to control and tell others how to feel and believe and what is right. I'm not talking about laws, I'm talking about groups. I'm talking about keep not allowing the Bible to be printed but instead keeping it for a closed sect of people to read. So they had the power of the word. And now that that word is so freely given, granted there are different interpretations of it, but it is so freely distributed. Now it is treated for the masses that they can't understand the words because the words have hidden meanings. The word word I love that one. That's the one I've learned recently, and I don't mean to belabor it, but the word word didn't mean during the time of Jesus' walking the earth. What the word word means now. Hmm, make you pause? Well, why not? Because otherwise... That interpretation is coming from some faith because it gives them more power over the people who contribute to them every week, over who tell them how to live. Folks, let me tell you, we all are bright enough to understand the power of love. Anything and anyone who tells you To believe something less than love, to believe that you're not equal to someone else, to believe that you are less than, is not following any divine principle that I'm aware of, and I've studied quite a few now. And love is the way. How has that gotten polluted? What confusion is there in those words that we need someone else to tell us what they mean? Now, granted, we're all taught how to love, and that way of loving is not necessarily universal. But one thing that's important to me about love is it springs from the heart and it is nurtured by kindness. People who I've heard people say, oh, well, he loves her. This is what I heard once in court for a man touching an 11 month old child sexually. That makes my heart clutch. Does that feel like love? To take a being who is totally reliant on another being and abuse it? Introduce the child to something beyond themselves? Beyond love, beyond care? But according to the defending mom, that was just showing love. I don't know. I mean, there are things for me that are clearly not love. One thing that I do know, absolutely, whether we've been shown it or not, is God loves us absolutely and unconditionally, no matter what we do. No matter how poorly we show love, no matter how we fight to, against allowing the light within us to ignite, God loves us. God is more than all of us because God is all of us together. That's why those words in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God resonates so loudly for me. The word was God. How much of the conflict in our world arises from words that demonstrate fear? When you sit down with someone who is being very hateful, and we all have been, and you start talking rationally and lovingly to them and ask them to explain, and when you dare to question, you can see that spark ignite in the eye as they start to think their hateful behavior. Especially in the context of, is this loving others as you love yourself? How would you feel is a magic question. How would you feel if when you were without a job and living on the street, someone came and beat you up with a bat? Why is that person worthy of that act alone? Why is it we have such a hard time loving our enemies as they say from the pulpit all the time when they're talking about the Sermon on the Mount? When in the next breath, They say, but, and they have exceptions. Did Jesus list exceptions? Go read it yourself. Are there exceptions listed there? Or the Beatitudes? I'm just pulling them up here on my computer. The one thing about talking to the computer is You're facing it, so there's wonderful things. The Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. See. What are the eight Beatitudes in order? Let's do that. Matthew 5 1 through 12. I love to hear the Beatitudes. Come. One called love, that we we may find you among us, within us, among us. One called peace, this must be someone's version. Here are the Beatitudes. That was a preliminary, but it's beautiful, so maybe I should finish it. Come, one called peace, that we may find you around us, within us, among us. Come, one called hope, that we may find you around us. Within us, among us, come, one called love, peace, hope, that we might share love, peace, and hope with the world. Amen. The Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who are mourning. They will be consoled. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will inherit the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. They will have their fill. Blessed are those who show mercy. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are clean. They will see God. Blessed are those who work for peace. They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their struggle for justice. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of slander against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your heaven is great. They persecuted the prophets before you in the very same way. I don't think anyone's been left out here. The poor in spirit. The people who are gentle. The people who hunger and thirst for justice. The people who show mercy. Those whose hearts are clean. Those who work for peace. I think this is someone else's version, though. Let's go back up and look one more time, because I hear someone who calls these the how-to-be attitudes. How-to-be attitudes. Exactly the same one. Funny. The attitudes that we are supposed to have with and for each other. We are to bless those who don't know the closeness we know with God. Those who are poor in spirit. We are to comfort those who mourn. We are to be meek. We are to look for righteousness, which is an interesting philosophy. How do you define that? Always being right or always being kind? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. interesting interesting ideas about how we should be as human beings to each other you'll notice it doesn't say blessed are those who arm themselves up and go to battle with those who don't agree with their beliefs blessed are those whose religious leaders judge from the pulpit I'll be frank, that is why I left the Methodist Church. It's not up to me to judge God's creation. I would like to stifle a little dog, but we're going to have to live with her right now. I didn't create man. I believe that we are all God's children on a journey to remember that and that we have been given clues about how that journey can be lightened. We've been given clues, such as the Beatitudes, about who we should be as people. How we should treat each other. That's what the Beatitudes is about. How we treat each other. Excuse me. I have to leave, I'll be back. My apologies, but on the other hand, I was just talking about how we should treat people, and there's certainly nothing worse than wanting to sleep in on a Sunday morning and having a dog decide that she's going to greet the sun. So. I apologize to you. Guidepost on how we should act and treat one another. Go first within you and be mindful, remembering that the light is within you and you can keep covering it up and covering it up or you can open your chest And allow God to inspire it. Because God is with you always. God is everything. You can draw on your inner self. You can give up the need to be right. In favor of the need to be kind. It may be tough if you've developed a habit of having sharp words and sharp thoughts and sharp judgments. One of the guideposts, judge not, saith the Lord. One of the guideposts, humanizing that when you point your finger out at others to say they are the blame for something, you have four fingers pointing back to you plus a thumb. Plus, you know, I've told my clients for years, and I really believe it's true. I have never seen a problem go away by figuring out who to blame for it. Being absolved of responsibility does not make something better. does not make the event that required the evolution to go away. How is what happened in any way part of me? And what can I do? Because that's all you can do, folks, is what you can do inside. You are in charge of you. But be mindful of your words. We talked about Don Miguel Reese Um, a Toltec um, seer who's alive and walking around today who has beautiful books and the four agreements and the first agreement is be impeccable with your word good son the other day uh, or my student whatever we all are together uh, wrote me and said what does that mean be kind oh my gosh yeah We've got this popular movement around it. People think, if you think it, you can say it. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Think about words and how they reverberate and they live forever. Look at relationships you've lost because of casually spoken words. I'm not talking about judging yourself as unworthy and not enough because you are enough to have reached the point where you can think about your behavior. I'm talking about trying to be better. When you recognize the words you have chosen, the end result you want. Do you keep talking? Or do you shut your mouth and breathe? Pull in the love and light energy of God's breath. It doesn't take long to get to a place of peace with God. Three deep breaths. That's it. When we do them on here, I talk. And that makes them take longer, because words, whether they're floating through your mind or coming out my mouth, interfere three deep breaths. I'm looking for my shortest piece of music. And I think, again, it is, be still thy soul. It's three minutes and 38 seconds. I would like you to listen to that today, right now, and be mindful. Think about your words in your first breath in. Breathing in, am enough? Breathing out. I am equal to all, no more, no less. Breathing in, looking at the actions that you've done. Yes, I said that will make your breath be longer because believe me, 3 deep breaths don't take 3 minutes and 38 seconds. It would be great if they did and if we all spent that amount of time But you can take three deep breaths when you're caught in a traffic accident or a traffic collision or whatever it is that's causing the traffic to snarl up on the Santa Ana freeway. And as you pull that breath in, you can exude peace and calm to yourself and to those around you. You can send good wishes to the cars ahead of you, especially the ones who are starting to honk their horns like that is going to do any good. Sending peace to the assembled masses involuntarily, but I don't believe in coincidences. So involuntarily placed within the realm of the energy of your thoughts. Prayers from an automobile. Good intention. As you move your mind to being impeccable with your word, your actions being grounded in love and kindness, your thoughts to spreading peace, and love and kindness, something that is possible. If we were meant to kill each other, we would have killed each other a long time ago. And the Dalai Lama doesn't have to tell me that, but he did say that. But we'd all be gone. We wouldn't be pressing the population limits of this planet. We'd be gone. So three minutes and 38 seconds be still, thy soul. Listen to the words. First breath in, I am enough. As you breathe that breath out, I am equal to others, no more, no less. As you breathe in the second breath, the same thing I am enough, I am equal to others, no more, no less. Focus on being mindful in the words that cross your brain inevitably, in the thoughts that you allow to stall you in your breath, and in the actions that flow this week. So now be still, thy soul. whether it's no more, no less. I am equal to others, no more, no less. am equal to others, no more, no less. Three minutes and 38 seconds. One time I heard someone ask a person who was a very good leader of the spirit, how much time she spent meditating. And she said, sometimes I spend five seconds and sometimes I spend five hours and sometimes I spend five days all what's going to be right for you. But I encourage you to find a piece of music or someone's words, something that gives you peace and helps you remember that you are enough and you are important to God just as you are. That's not designed to support behavior that's unkind, but instead designed to encourage you to step past those moments when you haven't been kind. We all have those moments. And to realize that your next moment can be the best moment of your life. Sometimes we are teachers because we are not acting our highest self, or because we are acting our highest self. But always we are students, because we are learning from the reactions of others. Don't let those reactions take you away from the purpose within you, your divine purpose. Believe in your value. You are enough just as you are. You are loved just as you are. You are important to me of this planet. The spark is within you. Go inside and find it. Be your best self. Be kindness. Be mindful about how you react to others, about your word choice. When someone starts talking to you, stop thinking about what you're going to say back to them and listen to them. Because usually what we're going to say back is based on our ideas about what things are rather than the insight this person is giving you about their ideas. Respect involves listening, not judging. I appreciate you all joining me today. I thank you for taking this time to breathe with me and unite your breath with God. I remind you that this is the day that God has given. Rejoice and be glad in it. Don't let yesterday, a time when God has already walked past and you have walked past, ruin today. Unite your hand and breath with God's breath today and find peace as you go through the next week. Thank you for joining me and may peace enfold you today. Blessings to you. Thank mm-hmm.